You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Stephen Simcox here with you. It is Wednesday, February 23rd, and let's talk some TCU athletics. And we'll start today with more baseball talk. We talked a lot of it um, on Monday's pod. It's actually Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, it's Tuesday, February 23rd. My bad. Um, let's start this whole thing over. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs. It's Tuesday, February 23rd. We're going to talk some more baseball today. We talked a lot of baseball on Monday. And the opening weekend, which was pushed back a day for TCU, has now concluded as they fell last night to Arkansas by a final score of 4-1. to one. Uh, Frogs had a one nothing lead going into the eighth inning but could not hold on. The lineup was uh, really tough. It was just really tough sledding for that lineup all weekend long. Did not hit the ball well at all. Hope that kind of starts to resolve itself against Texas Southern. But some concerning things from, you know, the guys at the plate, which we'll get into in this first segment, and we'll kind of look at um, where they stand after the first couple games of the year. Overall, I'd say I'm not super concerned. Um, Now, one and two is not what you want, and that's not the standard that this program has set. Uh, At the same time, though, you face three top ten teams this weekend. Mississippi State moved up in the top five in the latest D1 baseball rankings. You defeated them. Old Miss is number one in the latest D1 baseball rankings. Arkansas is number two. I understand why Old Miss is number one because they really uh, just wiped the floor with the competition all weekend long. But Arkansas, with the pitching staff that they have and some of the bats in their lineup, I mean, they look like maybe the best team in the country early in the season. So anyway, you faced one and two in the country and number five in the country back to back to back. Uh, you lost two out of three of those games, but the two games you lost were fairly competitive, and you probably should have won that game last night against Arkansas. So I'm not super concerned. Now, again, the way the lineup handled themselves this weekend, not encouraging. And the main thing was they just couldn't even make contact. I mean, they had 18 strikeouts last night. That's unacceptable. And that whole tournament, there were a lot of teams, all those teams were striking out a lot. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's just baseball in 2021. It's a true outcome game. So many guys are either striking out or drawing a walk or hitting the long ball. And TC was able to draw walks. They sure weren't hitting the long ball. I mean, they really didn't drive the ball at all. Uh, That was another thing that just concerned me from the weekend is, yeah, you're facing a lot of great arms. I mean, Coach uh, Slosh said it after the game today, or after the game last night. Arkansas, like, they brought in a guy late in the game. It was the 10th player they had brought in um, on the weekend, and he's throwing gas. He's throwing like 95, 96, and he also has a really nasty slider. So that's the type of depth that these SEC teams have. TCU was the only Big 12 team that was able to get a win. Texas Tech went 0-3. Texas went 0-3. So the SEC just absolutely dominated. And I guess that's another reason you could say, hey, maybe this is encouraging because you come away from the weekend saying, well, we were the only Big 12 team that was able to get it done it looked like we're at the top of the conference still, and maybe as the season goes on, we can close the gap a little bit between, um, you know, the teams we played on opening weekend. But here's Coach Schlossnagel after the game on the Arkansas pitching staff. All you can say about their pitching, their 10th guy on the weekend, Jackson Wiggins, was 96-98 to with a nasty slider. 
it was like they were having tryouts or something. And he's right. I mean, they just had dude after dude that was coming in and was throwing gas. But you look up and down that lineup, 18 strikeouts. Uh, Hunter Wolf struck out three times. Gene Wood struck out twice. Tommy Sacco struck out twice. Uh, you know, Elijah Nunez, your true freshman leadoff hitter, struck out twice. Zach Humphrey struck out three times. Gray Rogers struck out three times. And a lot of those guys I'm naming are these fifth-year super seniors that you were expecting to do big things. The players that hit the best, I mean, Luke Boyer is a true freshman. He had a pretty good weekend um, at the bottom of the order. He got on base a few times. He hit some singles. Uh, Austin Henry had a couple doubles. He was the only player, I think, for TCU that had multiple extra base hits. Had a tough night last night. Struck out twice. Didn't have a hit in four at-bats. But if Austin can come back from a, a really tough year last year and have a better season, then that's really encouraging for this team. But overall, it, it just felt like if they couldn't draw walks and kind of manufacture a way to get on base, they weren't scoring. Even against Mississippi State, the first run they scored in the game was they had runners on first and second with two outs, and the runners on first and second uh, both got on via walks. or It was one walk and one error, so no hits. Uh, and, you know, Henry was up the plate. They decided to go with a double steal. The catcher throws it over the third baseman's head, and they score a run. And that was their only run for a while. And they were able to scratch across a couple different, a couple more runs, but none of them came on base hits. They finally had a hit with a runner in scoring position last night when Luke Boyers hit a bloop single and got the Frogs on the board. And it was one nothing for most of the game, but they ended up blowing that game in the eighth inning. I'll also say this. I had an issue last night, you know, an encouraging aspect of um, the tournament overall in – Monday's game, and I'll try to go a little bit more in-depth on this in the next segment, but Austin Crobe uh, came in, and he was the starter. And Austin went four innings. He pitched shutout baseball. He was great. And Charles King came in in relief. And I was wondering, you know, what Chuck's role was going to be. Was he going to be a starter? Was he going to be in middle relief? Well, it looks like maybe he's going to be a middle relief. Maybe he'll end up being your Tuesday guy. I would think they'd want to let some of those younger guys pitch in the, in the midweek games. But that's a very – if that's kind of how they want to work this the rest of the year with uh, Austin getting the start on day three and then maybe Chuck coming in in middle relief, that's a very good tandem. And Charles pitched a good four innings. But he kind of scuffled in the seventh inning. He was able to get out of a jam, but Arkansas had runners on the corners and they were threatening to score. And I thought, okay, great. He got out of the seventh inning. That should be the end of his night. Like, sit him down. He gave you three innings of, of great relief pitching. Maybe go to Halen Green. Maybe go to one of your back-end bullpen guys. Well, you know, Jim trots Charles out for the eighth inning, and he gets uh, he gives up a hit-by-pitch, and then he gets an out, and then there's an RBI triple, and all of a sudden it's 1-1. And it's like, why did you let him face three batters in the eighth when you saw that he was struggling in the seventh? I understand that he has a history as a starter, it just frustrated me. So we'll talk a little bit about that, what happened late in that game, and some more encouraging notes about TCU baseball coming up. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is uh, the place to go if you need parts for your car. And if you're like me, you don't know anything about cars. Uh, most of you listening to the pod probably know about cars and more about cards than I do. 
Um, but even if you're somebody who knows what you're doing, Rock Auto is a great place to go to get auto parts. Um, they're a locally owned business that's been serving customers for years. They have reliable low prices. They let you compare, you know, make some models, let you compare uh, different parts from manufacturers. They let you compare prices. RockAuto.com, they have everything your car will ever need. Uh, they have a how did you hear about a section, and when you go there, make sure you click on Locked On so they know that we sent you. RockAuto.com. Segment two coming your way here on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast, and let's stay on this baseball topic. And uh, we'll continue discussing this tournament that went down uh, on over the weekend. TCU goes one and two against some SEC teams. And listen, I know Jim Sloshnagle knows more about baseball than I ever will. Um, and I understand why he kept rolling with Chuck in that situation. I just felt like, you know, once he got out of the seventh inning, um, give, give a reliever, whether it's Halen Green, who was great on Saturday, or one of your back-end bullpen guys, give them a chance to come in with a clean inning and maybe change the momentum. Because once you start going a couple times through the lineup with relievers, I just think it gets harder and harder on the pitching staff. But let's discuss the TCU pitching staff because – I think that was the biggest reason for optimism after this weekend. Uh, This pitching staff held up really well. Now, on Saturday, Johnny Ray was not sharp. He walked way too many guys. He gave up four runs. Uh, only lasted three innings and struggled against a a really good old Miss team. But on Sunday, um, Russell Smith was fantastic. I mean, he came in there and dealed. And Marcelo Perez came in. Uh, in the middle of that game and did well, got him to the ninth inning. And then Garrett Wright, the true freshman, was able to get a double play ball to get them out of that game. And even on Saturday, you know, Halen Green came on in relief and was uh, incredible. And he's going to be a force all year long. I mean, having Green and King in those kind of middle relief roles, like Trey Tickle used to uh, fill that role back in the day, that's huge because that means even if your starter can only go – four or five innings, which hopefully as the year goes on, I'm not surprised that the starters didn't last long in these first couple games because they haven't pitched. I mean, they've pitched in fall ball, and I know some guys played over the summer, but they haven't really pitched in a competitive, high-level college baseball game in a long time. So I imagine the adrenaline was flowing, and you know, throwing 100 pitches in a scrimmage is much different than throwing 70, 80, 90 pitches in high leverage situations where the pressure's on you and everybody's staring at you and looking at you to make big time out. So uh, Russell Smith was great. Austin Krobe was great on Monday. You know, Charles King can come in. Marcelo Perez, Halen Green, those are all very versatile guys. Uh, you have some situational pitchers as well in that bullpen. And you didn't even really see any of the young freshmen that started to get some reps um, before the season shut down in 2020. So, overall, you're looking at a very formidable pitching staff. And if Johnny Ray if, if Johnny Ray gets right and is sharper and the second and third guys are consistently good like they were in these first couple games, then you're talking about a very good rotation in Big 12 baseball. I mean, those are three guys you can roll out there in just about any series and feel good about yourself. And as I said – Coming out of this weekend, Texas went 0-3. Texas Tech went 0-3. A lot of Texas issues seemed very self-inflicted. They had some defensive issues. Uh, you know, they're still hitting the ball well. They 
they were still scratching out five or six runs in just about every game. So Tech's going to be very, very tough. Texas is very, very good. I think there's some other teams in the league like uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Even Kansas State has a good front end at starter and could be could present some matchup issues on a given night or in a given series. But overall, I think TCU handled themselves well. And the biggest uh, case for optimism moving forward is going to be this pitching staff. They play Texas Southern tonight. Not sure who's going to get the start, but you hope that they go in there and take care of their business and win big. Don't allow you know a tough weekend pitching to, or a tough weekend uh, losing, not really pitching, but just a tough weekend going one and two to affect their mood going into a midweek game. But you get to two and two, and then you host Liberty over the weekend, and hopefully you can start to build some momentum and get those bats going. Um, that, that's the biggest thing. You just have to find a way hit the ball. I'm really concerned about how many strikeouts they had, how they weren't able to really drive the ball and get a lot of extra base hits. Um, it just it, it, it doesn't bode well for things moving forward, but I understand that's a very good set of teams that they played over the weekend um, that is also, uh, you know, working their way into the season and has a lot of different guys coming back in a lot of different arms. On our radio show today, we were talking with uh, Mike Harge, who used to do afternoons in Austin or mornings in Austin, and now he kind of does some freelance work in broadcasting, and he uh, broadcasts a lot of baseball games. But he's going to do the Round Rock Classic this weekend, which is another college baseball tournament coming up. And I was asking him about teams that were struggling, you know, the state of Texas team struggling so far early in the season. And one point that had been brought up to me was that a lot of teams across the state with the snowstorm didn't get to see live pitching in the week leading up to the games. So, you know, they were kind of coming in cold and they're facing these amazing arms from the Southeastern Conference, and maybe that's why they really struggled. And I was asking Mike about that, you know, if he thought there was anything to that, because he played at a high level. He was drafted out of high school, played in the minor leagues for a long time. And Mike said that when he was watching these college baseball games, especially the games up at Globe Life, he felt like all these teams were taking way too many pitches and just getting way too deep in counts. And I'd agree with him. You know, being up there close on Sunday and watching the games on Saturday and Monday, and I, I get it. Like, I get TCU has kind of embraced more of a sabermetrics mentality in the last few years. They are leaning more into these true outcomes and getting on base is huge. And if you can get on base – by getting a walk or by forcing a pitcher to throw a lot of pitches, that's a big deal. But there were so many 2-2, 3-2 counts, and I don't know if it was guys just not liking what they were seeing early in the count, but at some point I was like, why are you not jumping on a first-pitch fastball here? Why are you allowing these really good pitchers to get to two strikes? Because if you have two strikes on you, you know that that – guy on the mound has a lot of different ways he can get you out and he's probably going to go to his best pitches to try to sit you down um so just the amount of two strike counts that they were in was uh was interesting to me and I don't know if that was you know a a philosophical thing if that was just not seeing pitching for a little while and being kind of surprised when guys were locating well but you got to cut down these strikeouts you got to put the ball in play especially tonight against a team like Texas Southern put the ball in play watch good things happen so we'll continue to monitor TCU baseball Throughout the season, they fall to 14 in the latest D1 baseball poll. They go 1-2 and two on the year, 
and uh, game against Texas Southern tonight. Hopefully they can get to 2-2 two and two and start building some momentum as the season goes on. When we come back, we'll talk to TCU basketball. The men try to bounce back tonight against a very tough opponent and more TCU athletics. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's talk about it. It's the most delicious protein bar on the market. I tell you about it every day. Built Bar. I love Built Bar. Um, it's a good snack for you. They recently sent me a box. It's Built Bar Crispy, and the flavor is peanut butter, and I love it. It's a good filler. You know, last night I, I found myself uh, being really hungry, and we actually did pretty good for dinner. We had a salad. My wife made a, a, a good salad, and I was like, okay, I'm feeling good about myself. You know, I ate salad tonight. I, I made a good choice. And then about 10 o'clock, suddenly I'm starving. And after I took my dog outside, um, I, I bring him back in. And I'm like, man, I got to get something before I go to bed. But, you know, being me, like I want to go for some chips or something sweet. And I thought, no, why don't I grab a Built Bar? And I grabbed one of those Built Bars, and it was great. I ate it. It helped fill me up. I felt better. It was delicious. And I didn't make a bad choice because it's only 170 calories. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and try it today. Built Bar, the most delicious protein bar on the market. BuiltBar.com. All right, Locked On Horn Frogs, final segment uh, here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Stephen Simcox here with you. Appreciate you joining me today. I want to tell you about another podcast. One of the great things about Locked On is that it's an extensive network of podcasts. And if you love college football, which I'm assuming you do because you listen to this, um, you can tune in to our Locked On College Football podcast. It's also a daily pod. And coming up uh, tomorrow on Wednesday's show, it's Wade and Ward Wednesdays on Locked On College Football. Host Andrew Wade and Josh Ward give you uh, all the latest storylines across the nation and take expert looks at the upcoming weekend of college football action. It's uh, Locked On College Football wherever you get your podcast. Obviously the offseason right now, but during the year they do some great previews of games. And then in the offseason they have all the latest storylines. Locked On College Football daily podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Check it out if you haven't before. Okay, before we go today... I did want to uh, throw it out there, TCU basketball. They play tonight. Hey, you know, the great thing about basketball and baseball is you can't dwell on bad losses for too long because uh, you turn around and they, they play again. And I don't know if you're like me, but I just, as much as, as mad, as, as upset as I can get at losing to a bad Kansas State team, you know, they turn around and play on Tuesday, and I'm like, all right, another chance, a chance for optimism, a chance to beat a good team. Um, unfortunately for TCU, it's going to be a really tough matchup tonight against West Virginia. And the reason this concerns me is uh, West Virginia, under Bob Huggins, has made a living of just uh, making people uncomfortable, taking their lunch money, using that press. Now, this is not the typical press Virginia team that you've seen. I mean, they'll still get after you, but they're not doing it 90 feet of hell like they have in the past. However... They're a top 10 basketball team. They're on a really good run right now. They're 15 and 6 on the year. Um, they're playing at a high level. They're number 10 in the country. It's at home. It's at 6 o'clock. You can find it on ESPN2. But it's going to be a very tough matchup for TCU. And their inability as of late to score and to have guys that can, you know, make plays in traffic, get their own shot. I think that's going to show up in a huge way against West Virginia. But we'll see. They play tonight against the Mountaineers. That's a 6 o'clock game on ESPN2. The women, they play tomorrow against Oklahoma. Um, 
And OU's having a tough season as well, so maybe a chance for the women to get back on track. Men have a chance to bounce back tonight against the Mountaineers. That'll do it for today's edition of Locked On Horn Frogs. Tomorrow I want to talk a little bit about uh, the transfer portal. Um, it's been very active this offseason. 247 Sports put together their transfer portal rankings, and I'll tell you where a couple TCU transfers ended up. That's coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked On Horn Frogs. Thank you for tuning in today. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.